I always feel awkward um, whenever I do a solo episode. Um, just the beginning, pretending to have like the banter. Because usually we, we record, right? Like when Spencer's on the podcast, we record. Or if we have any guests, we just start recording and then I pick a point. So it is actually natural. Um, not like when I do it solo where I'm like, you know, it's easing in. The music's fading out. The voices are fading in. And it's like, what are, you, what are you even talking about? Danny, what the hell are you even talking about? Welcome back to the DMGT podcast. I am your host, Danny. Uh, Spencer was away this week for, for some day job things. Uh, can you believe that? Someone has a day job? Not me. Um, <laughs> no, we, last week we had an episode. We had an episode last week, full-on episode, like a full, full hour, and uh, I didn't realize until after we finished recording, a few hours later, I came back, I was like, I'm going to take a break before I edit, I came back, edited, and my audio track was all screwed up, it was like, un- you couldn't, it was unusable, you couldn't listen to it, like, it kept cutting off, it sounded like robotic and weird, and just, I don't know why that happened, I tested this one before I started now, so we are good to go on on this one, but you can chalk that one up to me. I've, I've had a couple of fails in a row here. It's been my fault. The episodes have been a little sporadic over the last couple of months, um, but we are back because, oh my God, there's so much to talk about, stuff we talked about last week, stuff going on this week, and le- all leading up, all roads lead to Tears of the Kingdom, baby. I am picking that up on Friday, um, so expect a lot of TikTok content and some pod content over the next week plus because it looks like it's going to be a massive game. But uh, a few things first. Let's get into some of the the stuff that we may have missed. I mean, news cycles already moved on, right? But, like, whatever. I'm going to talk about it because we missed it last week. The Activision Blizzard acquisition has been uh, banned or, or has been stopped by the CMA out of the UK. They are, Microsoft is appealing, but the CMA in, out of the UK is notorious for, you know, appeals not really doing anything historically, amongst other things. So I think. It seemed like everyone was like, including myself, was like, okay, this deal is just going to happen regardless of whatever proceedings and legal things that Sony had kept trying to go in there, which was all smoke and mirrors. Like, it's all business talk. Um, so, like, I think taking any sound bites and pieces of text uh, out of, like, you know, thousands and uh, of words and pages and hundreds of pages of legal documents is like, okay, it's all clickbait. Um, but it did, it's not going through at least at least for the time being. Like this could go on for years before we get like the appeal process or anything like that uh, finalized. Um, but it didn't go through to almost everyone's surprise. Uh, cloud, cloud streaming, uh, being one of the bigger reasons out of everything. I think it's a little bit more complex than just cloud streaming, but that was all the uh, headlines. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then Redfall was just an utter failure of a launch last week. What the hell is going on over at Microsoft and Bethesda and Arcane? Arcane is, you know, I've liked Arcane's games like uh, Prey and Dishonored. I actually really enjoyed, um, what was it, uh, Deathloop? Even though it was like, you know, I thought it was solid. I, I didn't think it was like the greatest game ever. Um but it, it had some interesting concepts that I really enjoyed. I think like there were like elements of like, oh shoot, like future iterations, like Arcane's got some stuff cooking here. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> and then you know, Redfall drops, and it's 
bad, straight up bad. So I'll talk about my few hours because I did play it for a few hours on uh, Game Pass through the cloud. So um, I ha- I'll share some thoughts on that. Um, Jedi Survivor is out too, and a lot of PC issues. So we're going to be talking about some what the hell's going on with the state of PC gaming, especially with AAA titles. Some poo poo caca stuff happening over there. Um, we have some potential. This this one's going to be gaming heavy although we do have some tech content here that we want to talk about because apple uh ahead of the wwdc uh announced that ipad is getting uh final cut pro and logic pro finally i never thought i'd see the day although it is going subscription uh based which is different from the mac because mac is a one-time cost although it's significantly more expensive on mac um but we can talk a little bit about that and wrap it up Wrap it up for y'all so you finally get an episode here. Okay, Activision Blizzard, let's talk about it. So a lot of the headlines you're going to see is that um, it's because of cloud. And then they do use the language cloud, and there is a lot of that. But I think it's a little bit more complex than that, right? Because it didn't. It, the CMA has you know blocked it, and I think there was a lot of hoopla around like, oh, uh, Call of Duty and, you know, and... Uh, Diablo or whatever isn't going to be available on other services as much as Microsoft tried to like you know or they were making like deals like to say hey once this goes through here's some agreements 10 years 10 years 10 years first of all if you believe at all that 10 years they would they would Microsoft as a business as a business after those 10 years are up they'd continue a lot of those partnerships I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, uh, capitalism, capitalism has taught us, baby, that that's just not going to continue to be the case. They're going to leverage, use whatever they have and whatever IPs to leverage to get people to go on their platform. That's just kind of how everything works, right? Like, oh, but Danny, like, isn't that what Nintendo and Sony do? Like, uh, in the in the case of uh, the Bungie. Uh, PlayStation buying out Bungie and, and some of the smaller studios, yes, to some degree, they absolutely do that. Um, but these are much smaller scale. I think people need to understand scale because Microsoft is a trillion, $2 trillion company in market cap. Nintendo and Sony don't even come close to that. Um, Nintendo's, uh, Sony's like twice the size of Nintendo. 120 bill or something like that but that's because they also have like other electronics and entertainment uh businesses under them to make movies to produce you know uh, uh technology hardware tvs uh accessories all of that stuff besides just a playstation brand as a whole uh, nintendo primarily is just gaming although they do partner with you know the game game freak and the pokemon company for the pokemon ip as a whole they share that one um for other things, but for the most part, Nintendo just is the only one that is strictly focused on on video games. Microsoft has Windows, has Office, has Azure, um, and Azure is where like a lot of money is made too. On on top of Xbox, so I'm gonna read a couple of things here. This isn't gonna get too much into legal jargon, but before I get into like you know, let's let's get some facts in here based on the CMA because I did do my homework on this. So it's a little bit more complex than just cloud, okay? So I'm going to read a couple of points that uh, Tom Warren actually brought up over on Twitter. Really good follow. You should go follow that if you're interested in just like the games business uh, side of things that isn't just like reviewing video games, okay? All right, cool. So here are three points, but this is directly from the CMA statements and the documents. 
It was too limited in scope, for example, it was confined to a model that gave gamers the right to stream Activision games on certain cloud gaming services, provided that gamers had acquired the right to play those games by purchasing them on certain stores or subscribing to certain services. It did not cover other business models, such as agreements between Microsoft and rival cloud gaming services to include Activision's games on, in these rival multi-game subscription services. Multi-game subscription services offer users access to a range of games in return for a monthly payment. So just explaining what that is. Game Pass, effectively. Second point, the proposed remedy was not sufficiently open to providers who might wish to offer versions of games on PC operating systems other than Windows. Interesting. And third point, it would standardize the terms and conditions on which games are available as opposed to them being determined by the, the dynamism and creativity of competition in the market as would be expected in the absence of the merger. So basically what they're talking about here is, to me, and I think what, what this translates to is, yes, cloud and the, the future of cloud. Is cloud going to be big even though today it is not? Um the real concern here is Microsoft's leverage of Windows and Azure for game distribution. Game distribution, I think, is really a valid, a bit, the big point here, and I think valid um, and not being talked about enough because people are like, oh, the cloud, the cloud, the cloud. The cloud isn't nothing today. It's uh, less than 10% of the gaming market cap today. Um, so even if like there's speculation that in the future it would you know, prohibit competition which one might argue for one or the other uh this one is like the biggest i think most valid thing where it's like okay especially for pc gamers like pc gamers like ah, i can customize and do whatever i want like okay they're gonna lock you into windows and azure uh for game distribution so like for example um you have to buy it on the Microsoft Store. You have to buy these games on Microsoft Store. This is just like what it would allow Microsoft to do. I'm not saying that that's what they're doing today or even what they're considering tomorrow. But the fact that this is like in legal uh, written documents, it's like, okay, this is something that Microsoft's considering in the future, controlling game distribution. So uh, instead of, you know, having the option to go on uh, what's the stupid Activision Blizzard, you know, I, I understand like, having too many video game launchers and, and game stores is annoying, uh, but you have options, right? Uh, you can go to Steam, you can go to the Activision Blizzard one, I forget what it's called already, oh my god, I'm a terrible PC gamer, uh, Epic, the Epic Game Store, the Xbox Game Store. Uh, nope, all Activision games could potentially in the future be limited to like, you have to be on Windows, which they could also then say, you have to be on a specific version of Windows um, to get xbox game store support and you have to do it from the xbox game store and sure sure if you're on game pass and subscribe um you can access it via steam but it has to have been purchased through our store and that's also controlling distribution with azure and more infrastructure things which man spencer and i have been talking about this for years since we were talking about like predictions on game pass and how much that could be adopted infrastructure is not cheap it's expensive and it's different uh, streaming a video game over, you know, a, a movie or a song. There's a way more resources involved. We saw Microsoft already uh, remove the free tier or the uh, the free entry level tier for, for Game Pass. No more. No more freebies. You have to go on a paid model and they're starting to increase prices and that will continue to happen regardless of this Activision Blizzard acquisition because that's just how they make money. Uh even though I think they've hit recently hit a threshold where it's it's profitable uh, for sure now. Um, 
either way, like I think it's a little bit more complex than just um, cloud, and it's a little bit more complex than just like a Call of Duty being available to to other services. I think this is uh, the equivalent. If if this had gone through, or if this goes through, this is the equivalent of not just like buying an NBA team, right? For your sports fans, this is the equivalent of buying like the NBA in general. That's how big Activision Blizzard and King is, and we're not even talking about like all the mobile aspects of it. This is King makes a crap ton of money on the mobile side. Mobile mobile gaming and mobile profits make up fifty percent of the total gaming mar- uh, market cap, right? It's like a huge market. Um, so it's something that I think people are also not considering when they keep their gamer uh, hats on and focus too much a little bit on that. That being said, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, I was, from the beginning, not a huge fan, not so much because I play PlayStation or I'm a, you know, I have a PC. I play Xbox games on PC uh, when it's not broken because my GPU is dead right now. Um, but I think it's it's good to have competition. This this one's a little bit weirder because it's like, oh my god, you're taking like a huge, the biggest established franchise in in basically in mainstream gaming, which is Call of Duty, um, and you know you're potentially restricting this um, in order to gain market share. And this is all going to lead into Redfall, and I'm going to transition to that because my uh, Phil Spencer recently had an interview which said some points that I, man, I, I, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Usually Phil Spencer is very suave with his words to gamers, right? He usually charms gamers. This recent interview, not so much. Um, so that's where things are there uh, with, with the Activision Blizzard acquisition. For now, dead in the water. Um, It'll be months, if not years, before you know the appeal process goes through, and we get another hearing or whatever, and like, and then we get the final determination. But um, this basically means the FCC can like sit on their hands and not say anything about this until that appeal process. So it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. If you were thinking like, oh my god, Xbox Call of Duty goes to Microsoft, win-win for Xbox fans. Um, not so much. To make matters worse, the Redfall <laughs> launch was what days after not even a week after and it was a mess man what a what what a bummer like straight up what a bummer like you want good games to be released right i don't know why anyone would cheer um for a a bad game launch like like even if even if you're a hardcore playstation fan right or a hardcore nintendo fan why would you want other games to, to to fail like competition is good like that that's what we that's why we had the early 2000s like with uh, the launch of the xbox and halo and stuff like oh man it forced everyone to like all right let's you know keep pumping out great games besides you know the market share not being as huge back then um it's good i think having multiple you know uh platforms making great games that are exclusive to their things potentially like is is good uh, outside of just buying you know everything up and then limiting restricting it that's like a backwards way of doing it um but redfall launched i played it on cloud i played it for like a day i spent like five hours playing this game and i was like man the controls are clunky i think it's because it's the cloud i'm gonna keep going through oh my god this open world is pretty bland uh the the ai uh, the enemy ai is horrible like straight up bad straight up bad um Besides being like buggy and and like it looks graphically looks terrible, I know like uh, people are like, oh, graphics aren't everything, and that's correct. But like when things are like hard popping in and like uh, like uh, uh, textures are like rendering seconds, tens of seconds late as you're looking at things, uh, it, it's like 
yeah, this feels like a broken experience. It, it goes beyond like, ooh, is it pretty enough to like, oh, this is this game broken? Am I still loading into the game? Um, it's not great. Uh, so yeah, it launched, and I'm like, okay, it's not like the worst game in the world, right? It's like, it's straight up not the worst game in the world. Um, but I was like, I'm not coming back to this. Is is just how I felt. Like the controllers were clunky. Like aiming felt weird. Like it, the acceleration was off. And I was like, I think it's, I think it's just because of cloud gaming. Uh, I'm gonna not come back to this because one, I didn't like it. Also, the controls feel weird. So that's just, you know, in general, I was like, okay, maybe it's just a game passing, uh, cloud gaming thing, and another reason why I'm not the, you know, not super confident in its long-term viability um, in general until, you know, latency and things like that get resolved. Nope. Uh, <laughs> reviews came out, and I hadn't seen a ton of reviews, and then the reviews came out, um, and it was getting absolutely decimated, incinerated. This game was getting completely dunked on. And I saw Skillup's video, which uh, Skillup does really good in-depth, like, 30-minute-long reviews. Like, I don't know if we're ever going to get to a point where we do things like that. Um but it's really nice to get like in-depth uh, analysis on uh, controls and mechanics and graphics and performance and on top of like the overall like reviews and stuff. No, even on a PC installed, like the it's just the, it wasn't the Game Pass, it wasn't the cloud, it was just that the game controls are that shit. <laughs> in Redfall, they were already a little clunky and i remember them being a little bit clunky in um uh, a death loop uh but it was like fun enough like the mechanics and everything else was fun enough it wasn't this bad and you no know, just like the overall ux and the controls everything is just bad just straight up bad for for this game Redfall. um two out of five is what i ended up like saying i would do like i'm not gonna do a real review on youtube because it's just I don't want to. It was bad. I'm not going to finish it. Um, I think it's okay to have opinions, although reviews, I I don't know. Uh, to, to, have, to review something, I think you have to get through most of it at least. Um, and he just completely crushed it, and that's that's what it was. Uh, so that happens. Phil Spencer goes on um, kind of funny podcast, uh, kind of funny games, I mean. Um, so it, it gets interviewed by uh, on the X-Cast and kind of funny games, and uh, just... I'm just going to play the clip here and, and listen to it, and then I'm going to react. But we are not in a position, and I, I see it out there. I see commentary that if you just build great games, everything would turn around. It's just not true that if we go off and build great games, all of a sudden you're going to see console share shift in some dramatic way. We lost the worst generation to lose in the Xbox One generation where everybody built their digital library of games. A couple of things, and and I do believe, I, I don't think, like, Phil Spencer is, like, um, just straight up, like, I'm just here to make money for Microsoft. I think he, I, I, I feel like he genuinely cares about games and video games and, and video gamers uh, in general, so that, I'll preface it all, uh, with all of that. Um, I think he's, yeah, he's done some, some decent things, uh, uh, since taking over as Xbox uh, CEO for for Microsoft, uh, just like uh, first of all, like there's got to be enough uh, tools in place, and they, like it, I don't want to put the entire entire blame on on him, but like he is the the leader of the Xbox division on the Microsoft. How do you just let this go through? Why not eternally like either delay it for another year, or if it's that broke and you say, hey, we screwed up. 
it's not going to be a good, good game. It's not up to our standards. We're just axing it and moving on to the next thing, right? Like, there's got to be enough foresight to say this this is just not going to work. Uh, I guarantee there's enough. There's There were people, uh, without knowing, but, like, just <laughs> working in tech, uh, I guarantee people internally were like, this game is not working. It's not good. And then they weren't listened to, and they just launched it in, in, in general, right? Because, like, otherwise, him saying, like, yeah, we're not trying to, you know, launch games that are going to get 6 out of 10s or just, like, straight up fail. Um, then don't. You have the power to say, we screwed up this one. We're, you know, we're going to bite the bullet, eat the, eat the, the, the cost here and then just move on to the next thing. So, so there's that. Like, I think, you know, it, it just, it just goes back to continue, continue, um, just like mismanagement of studios under Microsoft. And then two, <laughs> to say that I understand that that you know uh, quote unquote like he he straight up said like they lost um, the the most important gen- generation which was last generation the the PS4 or Xbox uh, One and uh, era uh, where things started to really go digital to say like making good games won't win market share is insane to me is insane to me because and and here's why i go back to like the whole activision blizzard thing and like the 10-year stuff not really meaning anything right because okay so how else are you going to win market share i think i think it long term i think long term xbox has a vision of going mostly cloud focused because they have said in the past like you know console sales aren't our primary thing like they're trying to build for uh, towards a future where cloud uh, services and cloud gaming is like is the primary way people play video games just like that's currently the primary way people listen to music um and and consume uh tvs and movies like besides going to like the movies you you know you have your hbo your netflix your your hulus your uh, i mean that's uh too many right now which we'll talk about soon as well as like white piracy's back in the rise so, so to me, like, okay, read between the lines here, folks. Like, if you're in in business or in tech at all, like, okay, so not making good games, making good games isn't what's going to win market share. So, what's going to win market share? Restricting what games are available in the market and making it available only on your platforms. That's how you win market share in in that sense. If like, if the, if the answer isn't making better games. Then the answer is like, cool, we're just going to buy out everyone because we're Microsoft. We have way more money than Nintendo or Sony could ever, you know, dream of. And that's market cap's not really going to change because they're not, you know, software businesses that have been established from the beginning of the computer. Um, yeah, that's how that's how you do it. So I think when when people are like, oh, uh, the 10 year deals, the 10 year deals are like, well, yeah, for now. But you're thinking you're thinking too short term. This is how we get into problems in the first place with technology and in the state of things as a whole. Like acquisitions and things continue to go through. I'm not a huge fan of acquisitions in general at, at this point. Like gaming has gotten too big where it's like let everyone just write it out how it is. If someone gets too big, sorry, super hardcore capitalist fans, break them up. That 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 will result in, in better products. Uh, the money is there, so it's not like people or businesses can't can't sustain. And if it's not sustainable, make smaller games. Stop spending ten years developing one game. In my opinion, like that's just how it should be. So, 
it's just, man, it's just a really weird and kind of disappointing thing to hear from uh, the leader leadership of of Microsoft um, and and on the Xbox side of things, on the gaming side of things. I yeah, it's just not great now. Now I'm not like super. I'm nervous for and confidence is low for the launch of Starfield. I hope I hope I'm wrong because. Bethesda hasn't had like, like on the core Bethesda things like besides like not just on the publishing side like on the actual development side like with uh, Fallout Four and then uh, Fallout Seventy Six and some of the stuff that they've launched recently is like you know has not exactly lived up to the hype. And Starfield is already like naturally hyped. I hope I hope I'm wrong. I'm not super confident in that now. And then that leads me to like, why? If you're like a hardcore Call of Duty fan or a hardcore Diablo fan, after hearing all of this and seeing everything, like besides Hi-Fi Rush, Hi-Fi Rush at this point looks like an anomaly, right? Like it was a great launch. Beautiful. Everyone's like applauding. I'm like, wow, wow. Maybe this is a turning point for Xbox and Microsoft and, and winning things over. Now that looks like an anomaly. Because at this point, do you really trust Microsoft to properly manage these IPs and these studios to then pump out great games because I don't it took two years for for Halo Infinite to get to a point where you know it's 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 serviceable where where like the community is like not completely dead anymore it's like it's starting to come back up a little bit but it's still this is Halo we're talking about this it shouldn't have taken that long this is like your a flagship franchise that even that is being mismanaged your flagship franchise, your one name to fame. So, I mean, that that doesn't leave me super confident that like, oh, they're going to turn Call of Duty around. Oh my God, uh, uh, Overwatch and Diablo and whatever other Blizzard and Activision IPs um, could potentially start pumping out great games for, for Xbox. So instead, you're going to restrict them and pump out bad games. Is, is basically what the track record is telling me. So, at that point, I'm a Call of Duty fan. I'm like, yeah, maybe this is a good thing that this doesn't go through. Because the track record shows me that Microsoft's going to mismanage the studios anyways. On top of like them already being horribly mismanaged because the leadership over Bobby Kotick is a piece of shit over at Activision Blizzard. Um, so... I don't know. It's it's a tricky thing. Not a great week and a half or so for for Xbox. Hopefully, hopefully Starfield is fine. Um, but we're we're you know we're gonna have to wait and see. Because right now, somehow, which is crazy, so like because Game Pass is, is is such a good deal. Like legitimately, it's a good deal, and I think there's there's space in the market for 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 the service. They gained some market share. It was like a percent or two in 2022 over 2021. So it's not like they're utterly uh, like in the gutter and like completely dead in the water, right? Like it's not like Xbox is at risk of going away anytime soon. That's just not the case. But if they wanted to like, you know, really stand on its own, I think the longevity, I think that that might start to change because with uh, the PlayStation games coming up, after PlayStation had a great year last year, Nintendo was about to get Breath of the uh, Tears of the Kingdom. I don't know. It's nervous. Speaking of Tears of the Kingdom, let's move on to that real quick um, before we talk about the Apple stuff. Tears of the Kingdom, 
preview uh like gameplay was was released last week people were you know were invited out to to play the game early it looks great man i, I think they're doubling down on the uh, sandboxing i think some like the fans that didn't like uh, breath of the wild because it was too sandboxy and not not zelda enough like i think uh you're not gonna probably love tears of the kingdom because they're doubling down on it now, I think there are a couple of concerns. I'm very excited for this game. I'm super excited for this game. Um, I, some slight concerns with the performance because you can see some pretty heavy frame drops on the Switch. It's starting to show its age again. I, I think I think it'll probably be fine, but we'll see because, again, these are very controlled environments that Nintendo is uh, you know, allowing allowing people to play. And even in those controlled environments, the frames were like, oh, we're like sub-20, uh, some of this. Um which Breath of the Wild already dealt with a little bit, but not enough to, like, you know, really hold it down. Tears of the Kingdom, we'll see. It looks massive. It looks great. Um, I think some, re- some like, early previews were talking about um, just the amount of controls that were available, and it could just be because they were, you know, they dove right into a section of the game where they already had a lot of that stuff unlocked, a lot of the abilities unlocked. Um, controls feeling a little clunky. Uh, I feel like Nintendo, as Spencer disagreed with me here last week, so sorry that he's not here to defend himself and his point. Um, I always felt that Nintendo does a really good job of, like, controls and keeping tight controls, especially, like, their Mario games, um, like, some of the Zelda ones. Like, they, you know, not to say that they are perfect and they haven't misstepped uh, in controls with, like, Skyward Sword and, um... Uh, Twilight Princess, but I thought overall, Tear, uh, Breath of the Wild controlled pretty well. Like, you're going in and out a lot of a lot of menus, especially if you're like taking full control of uh, the abilities in the in the sandbox. You double down and add way more. Slight concerns there. Like, am I going to be spending half my gameplay in menu selecting things, or am I going to actually be playing the game? So we'll see there. Unfortunately for me. Some, like, the hardcore Nintendo fans are like, there's nothing wrong with this. I'm like, guys, guys, breakable weapons is a bad mechanic, okay? I will not back down from this. You know how you make, how you uh, you encourage gameplay variety? Through level design and enemy variety. Not through punishing players for playing, for using tools that they enjoy. That's just my take. I think that that's the better way. I'm not saying that this makes it a bad game at all, but I'm like, the the, the one thing I don't like, oh my god, uh, let me not like this thing because it's not good. Improvements because their, you know, their solution to this was not to make them unbreakable. Instead, it was to, like, merge weapons and merge items and then that'll reset, like, their uh, durability or whatever. Fine, I'll take it. I'll take it for now. Still not thrilled about it, but I'll take that. That's, that feels like uh, I'll accept that compromise. I'm not thrilled about it, but I will accept that compromise. So that's that stain. But otherwise, the scale of this thing looks insane. The way to build different machinery and stuff looks insane. Uh, really going in on the sandboxy things. And we don't even know anything about the story yet, which is cool. I think that's cool. Um, the the review embargo drops on uh, Thursday, the 11th. So the day before the game launches. doesn't matter. This game's going to sell so many titles. It's going to be massive. It's game's not even out yet and it's like early previews like is this gonna be redefining open worlds again i don't necessarily agree that breath of the wild uh redefined open worlds 
in my opinion. I thought it was it was a fun sandbox, but it was an empty open world for the most part. Like there wasn't that much variety, in my opinion. But I know I'm in the minority there. That's not a hill I would die on. But it's like okay, whatever. Uh, we'll see how how this one plays out. Either way. Super excited. I think it's going to be great. Um, and, and those criticisms are only in the context of like, is this an all-time great? Is this like the best thing ever? Um, that's that's where, you know, the nitty-gritty, like we start nitpicking in that specific context. And as a game, it's going to be fantastic. Breath of the Wild was incredible. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom, I have confidence that it's going to be fantastic as well. It's going to be freaking phenomenal. Um, if it's not, I'm going to be very sad. Uh, but And then I'll look forward to, to Prime 4. So that's where where things are there. Um, Jedi Survivor. So apparently decent game or, or good, decent to great game. PC launch, man. Oh, my goodness. Looks terrible on PC. The performance is rough. It was very similar to, um, uh, what was it, uh, For Forspoken on PC um, with in, in terms of like performance uh, on, on there. Maybe not quite as bad as The Last of Us or Wild Hearts, but still like, or maybe actually, yes, that bad as The Last of Us and Wild Hearts. Wild Hearts wasn't completely horrible, but Last of Us pretty broken. Jedi Survivor pretty broken. The performance, dog water. Straight dog water on PC. Um, tough time, man. I don't know what's going on with PC ports of AAA games. These are like massive titles that like, why? Why is this happening? I'll tell you why. Because Jedi Survivor opening week had more gamers at one time than any other Star Wars game ever on PC. That's why these games keep launching broken. I'm not saying that is an excuse to like, all right, just accept that this is what's going to, this is just a state of things for, for performance and, and how things are on PC. But gamers keep buying them. This is like the tough one where uh, you can't completely, it's, Difficult for things to be on the consumer to dictate how major corporations like EA are going to perform, right? Um, but when when the sales numbers are that massive, what incentive is there for these game studios to not release their game, right? As a developer, maybe as like individual developers on the, on these teams, like yeah, you want your game to be good, I imagine for sure. Um, have mutuals now that are in the gaming space like so it's this isn't a knock on them but as a business decision like you know when the suits are making decisions like okay but look at all that money we made so just just ship it so it's like a, a double-edged like a like a tricky thing of like ah oh man i feel for y'all but also like what the hell you guys keep buying these goddamn games at record numbers so I don't know what to tell you. This feels like, and I'm scripting out a video right now um, uh, to, to dig into this a little bit deeper because I feel like there's there's more than meets the eye here. I think it's obviously a lot of, you know, just financial reasons. There's no reason for them to not launch games. Um, but also, I think PC gaming is currently in a state where it's not actually easier to develop for it like it was in the past, right? Like I think uh, no longer is it just like, do you have the most CUDA cores and do you have the fastest VRAM that is like 
major factors in dictating performance uh, on on the technical side for games, right? Because ray tracing and different data loading and assets and stuff like that. I don't know the full nitty gritty details, but just I've noticed a change in the way that like GPUs are reviewed on YouTube. It's not just straight like horsepower, right? It's like efficiency and multi-threading and all of these other like intricate things that each like Nvidia does differently, AMD does differently, now Intel's in the game. I think it might have something to do with that, right? Because AMD handles basically everything for on the console side, right? Like for Microsoft, Nintendo, PlayStation. They use uh, custom uh, AMD AMD chips, chips and processors. And that's all standardized now. Like, it's the same hardware across the board. And you can't just, like, on PC, you can no longer just, like, all right, we're scaling up the performance so you can adjust it and tune it to your to your hardware. Because now everyone has slightly different things and optimizations and, and stuff like that. I, I have a feeling that's partly what it is. So... Sorry, PC gamers, y'all were shitting on console gamers for so long, for years and years and decades and decades, and now I'm not saying that you deserve it, because I'm a PC gamer, but <laughs> just get the console version. At this point, get the console version, because it's going to perform better. Crazy, crazy to say that, but that's just that's just how it is, and that's not even like talking about like the cost of PC parts, which have stabilized, but... It's uh, sort of just the state of things there. So uh, keep an eye out for, for that YouTube video. I'm doing, I'm still doing research. I'm still writing that out. I think there's some interesting there. Um, and hopefully it resolves here with the with better game engines. Unreal Engine 5 was looking fantastic. So we'll see. We'll see where all of that ends up. And hopefully things stabilize over there for you. Or just stop buying these dang games. Stop buying them until they're on discount. Jeez. Stop buying them or stop complaining. Um, I'm just kidding. Complain all you want. Who cares? It's your right. You bought something. You should. It should just be working. Uh, speaking of buying things, this is a terrible transition. I'm sorry. Uh, Apple today announced that Final Cut and Logic Pro are now available on iPad. I've personally been waiting for this for for a while. I. I I think I might have may have said in the past that if you know if I can get Final Cut or, or Logic on an iPad, I you know won't carry my my MacBook around. I still think there's a huge reason to have a MacBook, um, but this is this is fun. Uh, it looks like this is a custom version of both of these products. This isn't just like straight up desktop uh, Logic and Final Cut into an iPad. But it looks pretty close. This is going to launch on May 23rd, so we're a few weeks out from that. I am absolutely going to try that, although you do need to have an M1 iPad for Final Cut or an A12 Bionic uh, chip for your iPad for uh, for Logic. So makes sense. Final Cut requires a better chip um, than than and logic but this is cool for like producers and production on the go video editors on the go if you want to do it on your ipad i have edited videos in uh, luma fusion on my ipad before uh i have the a12 so i won't be able to get final cut uh, but i'll try i'll try using lilies instead um and it should be cool it should be interesting i think this just having more options is great um is, is always uh, a good thing so um i think uh I, I think I'm very interested in this. It's like ahead of WWDC. It's like a silent drop. You would imagine that Apple would have done like a huge deal out of this because I think this is actually quite a big deal. Uh, 
I wonder if they're not like super confident in performance or something like that. I don't know what's up, but uh, I think I think this is great. I think this is gonna be a good thing, um, just to give people more options on like how they're performing their workloads. But I am for sure going to be testing out the um, the performance of this, particularly uh, Final Cut. Because being able to like edit on the go is is fun. The only thing is like, can we like plug in? Because I I edit from an external SSD. So will will that work? Is that going to be function the same? Um, all of that stuff, performance, uh, exporting. I imagine it'll be similar to the. I have an M1 Max. Probably not quite as fast, but still, it's like really good. Uh, but then this is now making like okay, if you know, if you're considering like a MacBook Air. Should you just get an iPad now? Like now it's, you know, the line is blurring more and more, um, which I think is a interesting challenge and interesting uh, dilemma that Apple finds themselves in. But whatever, right? I think iPads probably sell more than Macs anyways. I'm making that up. I don't actually know. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, the, the only thing with, with stuff like this, like, you know, you're transferring files and moving things around and you need to download things and images and all of that stuff. Um, that's where I think it potentially gets a little bit where I think some people will be like, I'm still going to use it on my computer. Um, keyboard shortcuts and all that stuff, like for hardcore, hardcore editors. But like for any hobbyist or like, you know, mid-level editors, maybe, maybe this, this will work. So I'm going to give that a try and... This is probably, this, I think this is probably one of the more exciting things that Apple is announcing this year. Because, like, okay, iPhone 15, whatever. We'll see what, you know, camera upgrades we get to that. Obviously, you know, I'll be talking about that stuff, too. But um, looks to be, like, more of a uh, transition transitory year with, like, marginal upgrades for iOS, macOS, and things like that. So uh, that's why I'm like, why didn't this... They make a bigger splash for this. Either way, uh, I'll be interested in comparing it. The comparing, I'll, I'll do some comparisons between uh, Final Cut on MacBook Pro, iPad, and then comparing that to LumaFusion and see see what those options are. Subscription model, which is interesting, four ninety nine a month or forty nine dollars a year each. Um, which is weird because Final Cut and Logic are one time purchases on Mac. So, uh, I'm interested to see like why this is and how this maybe makes things different, or if they're gonna like move Final Cut and um, Logic to subscription-based service, uh, a subscription-based model. Um, I hope not, but it's also like you know, one hundred one time three hundred dollar purchase of like Final Cut compared to like fifty dollars a year. It'll take you what? multiple years before we get to that point but at that point like yeah three hundred dollars is cheaper if you're doing this full-time as your career um i don't know we'll see i'm i'm interested uh we'll see how how apple handles that because everything's going subscription i don't think everything should go subscription okay so that's the episode for today thanks for listening uh keep an eye for the youtube i'm almost 10k tiktok so if any of you tiktokers are, are have been following for a while thank you truly 10k is like a pretty big for me it's not like huge for a lot of uh content creators and things like that but for me it feels like a big deal uh this is i've been looking forward to this for for a while um i thought i was gonna hit it earlier in april because i was a little bit on the road a couple of videos went viral uh, but that's okay 
you know, we'll take it one day at a time. It's going to happen within the next two weeks, I imagine. So thank you in advance for that. We can start like that. That opens up opportunities for us here for uh, sponsorships and, you know, monetization for, for that. Cause that's when like a lot of the uh, monetization options open up for TikTok creators. Once you hit 10 K followers, uh, not that it's, I'm in it for the money. Like obviously I'd want this to become my, my day job full time at some point. Um, but it's just kind of nice that we're heading, heading, hitting that point. So thank you for anyone that listens. Truly appreciate it. Um, we're going to keep crushing out content baby because it's fun and uh, I like doing it in general, but it's nice to see some results out of it. You know, like that enough people are like, yeah, I'll listen to this dude for a little bit. Dumb takes. That's fun, entertaining and informative, hopefully. Um, but yeah, thank you. And yeah, we'll keep, keep at it. YouTube, look out for YouTube videos. Look out, you know, for more content on TikTok. I'm having fun reviewing uh, video game OSTs, uh, switching over from like uh, uh, song samples of video game music to like straight up OST reviews. And then I'll keep doing like other content and, and stuff like that. I got some tips for like final first timers, especially with all this Taylor Swift stuff going on and all these releases. So keep an eye out for that. We'll keep crushing away. Have a good week. Uh,